Hello and welcome back to the No Ratings Podcast. Yes, I sound tired <laughs> because it's very early in the morning. We normally shoot these very late at night, but there's a reason we're doing it very early in the morning because our guest is sat in Turkey. We have Amir, who's in Manchester. We've got Sakib, who as usual is late, but he's in London. And we've got Ryan Babel, who is sat in Turkey. How are you, bro? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for hopping on a pod. Um, Amir, you good? I'm well, I'm tired, like you said, um, and it's absolutely <laughs> freezing, it's absolutely freezing, um, but we're, we're here, we're up early to talk football, which is always a good thing, and, and we'll run it, man. Yeah, man, we said, uh, we asked Ryan before the pod started, is it cold then, is it warm there, sorry, he said, nah, it's quite cold, and then we yeah. told him it's minus three where we are, and Ryan, <laughs> you said, it's actually not that cold here. <laughs> right, yeah, no, I mean, compared to where you guys are, then this is not considered really cold. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. As always, we'll start with last week's icebreaker. The question in last week's icebreaker was, which player couldn't wait to go home from the World Cup? Just very quickly, let's get your answers on that. Mine would be Lewandowski. I think he was. He didn't want to be at Poland anymore. He was desperate to go home and be with his boys. Amir? I think I'm stealing someone's answer from last week. Um and I can't remember who it was, but someone mentioned De Bruyne. And obviously De Bruyne wants to excel at the, the highest stage in football and everything. But, I mean, he's a family man. He has a great club at Man City. He does the business in Manchester. Uh, and and Bargem, uh, obviously a, a little bit of a disappointing tournament there. So he'll love to sort of get back to City and show off his quality there, I'm sure. Chakib? I'm going with another Belgian, I think. You can tell by the retirement straight after. Eden Hazard, I think. He's so sad by what his body's now doing. Bless him. I think he's just wanting to get home. Ryan? Um, probably uh, Busquets from Spain. Yeah. Go back to his home club. Yeah, you know. He already <laughs> won the World he tried it with uh, the new generation youngsters. It didn't work out. He's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, get me home. He wanted so. All right, uh, one man who probably can't wait to get home, but also wants this World Cup to carry on and on and on, is Cody Gakpo, because he's been playing out of his skin. Ryan just said before we hopped onto recording, many people didn't actually know that much about him, um, but now they've seen him in the World Cup and everyone thinks this guy's arrived on the scene, but he's actually been about for a little while. Um, Ryan, you wrote a little piece about him at the for The Athletic. What's your thoughts on his World Cup? Did you expect this coming into this World Cup? Um, I mean, I'm not really fully surprised. Um, you know, he uh, prior to his selection, uh, of course, he played some games, friendly matches, uh, Nation League games with the Netherlands, and uh, he already scored some great goals, also played some good matches. Um, of course, at that time, um, you had also other wingers that were, you know, knocking on the door to fight for their position in the World Cup. But, um, yeah, you know, he ended up uh, he, he ended up being one of the attackers uh, alongside, of course, uh, other attackers that they have. Um, so, yeah, you know, for him to, to, to do well, I mean, it doesn't really surprise me. Obviously, when you're watching attackers, and especially someone like Gakpo, who's making that jump up now, what sort of individual traits stand out for you, especially because he's obviously this quite young player um, and like when you see these academy players and, and these youth players coming up through into the first team, loads of them are 
hyped up to be really good um, and then only sort of a few of them really make that step up. With someone like Gakpo, what do you see um, in him sort of individually uh, that, that makes him stand out a bit more than some of the others? Like you mentioned, he had a lot of competition on the wings. Well, I mean, you know, um, an advantage for him, of course, is his height, you know. Um, uh, a lot of wingers that... Uh, Especially the Netherlands have they are they are short, um, and 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 of course spacey, yeah. You know, um, but what if you play against a team, for example, how Morocco played uh, against Spain, everyone uh, in front of the goal, then you take out the ability of a player who's spacey because all of a sudden he cannot use his pace. So yeah, what do you have to mm. add to the game? You know. Um, if a game is on lock, then, you know, especially in the last 15 minutes, then all of a sudden you're going to try early crosses to find maybe a header. Mm. And that's where then the short wingers are probably, you know, um, yeah, are not able to, to, yeah, you know, and, and I think Gakpo, one of the advantages, advantages is that he has uh, his height with him, so... He's spacey, but um, if he needs to adapt, um, obviously he still has a lot to improve. But he's also dangerous, clearly, um, you know, uh, from the air. And, and that's maybe one of the advantages uh, he has. I, f- I feel as though because he's of that size, immediately people are going, he should come to the Premier League. You know, cause <laughs> yes. he's, he's definitely, he's such a, he's like a physical specimen. He's quick, he's strong, he's good in the air, he's good with both feet. Yeah. So immediately everyone's gone. He's definitely going to do well in the Premier League. Yeah, Amir, you're a City fan. Yeah, you think Pep? You think Pep can redevelop Cody Gakpo's style? Because at the moment, this style of player probably doesn't fit Man City and Pep Guardiola. Yeah, the thing is, one thing with Guardiola um, and his teams is that he's always sort of had the same sort of philosophy, but he's adapted his teams to use the qualities of his players. I know that obviously we have De Bruyne. Uh, who's a bit more direct and obviously he thrives playing a bit more free. Um, and then we've changed our systems to to allow De Bruyne to play these a bit more risky passes. Then obviously when we had Bernardo, Gundogan and the false nine, then we needed goals from sort of the wingers. So Pep's changed his system to adapt to the qualities of the players that he's had rather than being really rigid and forcing players to... Um, yeah, forcing players to play sort of roles that they're not familiar with. Gakpo, I think he's a really, really talented young player. So obviously he's sort of if a manager like Pep got his hands on him and I think he's obviously linked to Man United and Ten Hag. They're coaches who are going to look at his qualities and say, how do we fit those qualities and those strengths into our team rather than uh, rather than trying to shoehorn him into a role that doesn't suit him? And obviously like uh, Ryan was mentioning, sort of this tall striker, obviously he could probably rotate into the middle and obviously fluidity across the front three is something a lot of these positional coaches uh, really sort of cherish in it. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think there's any um, any doubt in my mind that Gakpo couldn't sort of develop into an even more complete forward. And obviously he's really young as well. Um and and I think he's he's played in more positions than just sort of the wing, which is really impressive, isn't it? Yeah. I, I wanted to ask, because I keep hearing it on the commentary and I haven't watched him play much for PSV, but they keep mentioning his inconsistency. There seems to be a stigma attached to the fact that he's inconsistent. But so far in the World Cup, 
is it three goals in five games, four games, four or five games? Mm-hmm. So he seems to produce a fairly decent rate. He's top scorer as well in the league. So where has that come from? Is that something that is there a reason that stigma exists? Um, to be honest, um, Dutch media, Dutch people, Dutch pundits, um, I feel like um, there's an arrogance about, let's say, um, the Dutch way of 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 um, uh, a total football. football. Yes. Yeah. So, so there, where, for example, in England, and of course, you know, whether if you play in Manchester City, United, even the the other teams, um, of course, you strive to play good football. But at the end of the day, the three points matter. Yeah. You know, mm. in Holland, um, there has been a lot of times where a team like Ajax has won 2-0, but then the stadium would whistle the players at, after 90 minutes mm-hmm. because yeah. they were not satisfied with what they've seen. So it's wow. it's a thing that the Dutch teams are brought up to always try uh, uh, to play beautiful football and, and sometimes to an extent that beautiful football mattered more than the actual result. So... There's often have been games that Godi Kakpo has scored for a winning side of PSV, but he didn't actually, let's say, play well. So they would point out of him losing the ball at certain times or him maybe not being so active or him not being so dominant or whatever the case is. They would point that out and be like, hey, you know, that's that is inconsistency or whatever they want to call it, you know. And again, um, yeah, it's a certain Dutch arrogance. Uh, sometimes I agree with how they view football. But sometimes I feel like, you know, they, they are stretching. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's how it's been, you know, and, and I think that's where the stigma comes from. You know, the thing about Cody Gakpo is like, and the thing about Dutch football, or we've even English pundits now are saying that this, this World Cup Netherlands side under Louis van Gaal is un-Dutch. Like they don't play good football. Yeah. Um, but then you have someone like Cody Gakpo, who seems like he's uh, he's almost like an English footballer. Like he doesn't have to play well, but he scores goals. Like his currency is to score goals. His currency is to win games, which is probably why you have like Manchester United linked him, for example. Where I think maybe he'll do quite well because he has he's got a manager there who's also Dutch. There's always the thing about yeah. can Dutch players come from the Dutch league to the Premier League, and there's always people saying oh they don't actually gel very well and it doesn't really work out. Um, Personally, I feel like that's quite unfair. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, the 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 reality is that there is um a big gap with the Dutch league and the Premier League. So there's it's always a question mark. <clears throat> um, can a Dutch player um, handle the the big the big gap, the difference of of intensity and strength and everything? Um, and yeah, you know, it's been clear, you know, over the over the past decades, uh, not every Dutch player who made that move. Was able to survive, you know. Um, if you right now, one of the recent examples um, uh, is Van de Beek, who has been an Ajax star, you know, Champions League, uh, been a regular. Um, he is a quality player. Uh, he is a great football player, but it didn't work out for him so far. Still, and Manchester United. Why do you and, think? Sorry, why do you think that it hasn't worked out for him? Well. You know, to actually also come back to Gakbo potentially choosing his next step. Um, 
you just said that teams have to see whether they can fit in Gakpo, but I think most importantly, Gakpo has to be realistic and see and pick a team that could fit his game. That's willing to fit his style. Yes, yeah. because a lot of players now, they choose for the name of the team rather mm. than, hmm, is, is this going to make me feel, uh, play better? Am I picturing myself in this side right now? Can I add to it? Or will it affect my playing style, right? I so think Jason Sancho, uh, his transfer reminds me a little bit yes. about that. Exactly, exactly, right? It's one of the many examples. And 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 yes, Manchester United is still, you know, considered one of the greatest teams in the world. But in reality today, they are not. And as a player, if you are going to try to pick for Manchester United today, you know it's a risk. Because mm. it can affect your own form and own playing style, you know, with the 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 the, the tension that is hanging around the team. Um, we have we had, of course, the Ronaldo saga. We have the, the them not uh, being competing for the past years. There's a lot of pressure, you know, the um, and that's all these things you have to consider. And then, and then, of course, also the most important, the play style. And as a player, it's tough to say no to Manchester United if. Maybe that is one of the, your only options, let's say, to go to, right? Yeah. If you have Manchester United and then you have, with all the respect, uh, you know, mid-table teams in Spain or in Germany, then most likely you're going to choose from Manchester United because mm. they are considered the top team. So let's just choose from Man United. But it's very difficult for a player to say, no, with all the respect, Man United is not going to be good for my career. I'm going to choose for whatever. You yeah, know, take uh, Dortmund extra step or yeah. a different team, mm. and 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 I think players need to be more um, real and honest, and also know and 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 it's it's about their own awareness about what they can play, how they can play, um, and I think based with that information, they need to be able to try and choose the right side for them because um, you know it. I have experienced those same issues with my own career as well, you know. And that's what that's what I was going to say. When you move from Ajax to Liverpool, when you arrived in Liverpool, I'm a Liverpool fan. Um, there was a lot of talk about this guy's going to score 30 goals a season. Okay. And then yeah. equally, a year or two later, there was a lot of talk about. I don't think he's settled. Um, would you say, looking back now, and we will talk about your Liverpool career in a little more detail, that was a decision that maybe you could have taken more care with? Or was it the right decision and things just didn't work out? No, yeah, no. I think it... Um, I think... Uh, a little bit of both, but it, it there, there was playing a lot of factors to why you could potentially say I didn't fulfill 100% my potential at Liverpool. Um, but yeah, you know, me coming from a 4-3-3 background, going into a 4-2-2, play style at that time uh, was a total different transition, um, you know, because at Ajax, as a winger, they used to tell me your defensive work would stop at the midfield because we have a left midfielder and a left back that has to do that job for you. you we would need you up front. And then you go to Liverpool and you're now left midfield slash winger and you have to help your fullback. You have to track back all the way almost to your left-back position to help your fullback. And then we still expect you to, when we recover the ball, that you make the run to the other end of the pitch 
to be dangerous. You know? So for me, it was a big um, transition. And in the beginning, um, I had I struggled to find, you know, intelligence how I could play both sides. But it was also one of the cases that I didn't have the right guidance with the the managing stuff at that time. You know, they didn't really help me. Whereas in Ajax, they would really help players uh, fit uh, and, and and play that position better. So for me, there were a lot of factors. I was at that at the, at the same time also only twenty. Um, I went abroad for the first time. I started living by myself for the first time because I was still living at my parents' house. So you see, there are a lot of things that came up to me straight away, and 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 I had to deal with. And then at the same time, of course, at that time, uh, the the price tag of, of of myself brought in a lot of weight. So expectations were straight away like, hey, yeah, we're going to expect something from him. So, yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy. Um, and 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 um, but yeah, based on experience, if if I could do it over, maybe I would have stayed at Ajax one more year mm. to ripe a little bit more. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, that's always afterwards. It's easier to analyze what went wrong hindsight is a wonderful thing for a reason mm. it's difficult also like when you're 20 years old like Cody Gakpo right now he probably has Ten Hag texting him he's probably got Manchester United calling him saying we'll give you £200,000 a week right. he's probably got Brighton calling him saying we'll give you 100000 a week he's probably got Liverpool calling him saying come and work in our project and he's probably sat there thinking I've got a lot of options here yeah. I'm a young man I could make a lot of money if I go to this club or I could right. play some football and go here Someone like Jude Bellingham, who's been talked about a lot, he made a very clever move by going to Borussia Dortmund. Yep. He understood that the English media would be a bit too bit, a bit too much pressure on him. And so he goes over there. Um, and I feel like Cody Gakpo's next step could be that, that he maybe has to take a little stopgap somewhere. Yeah. He needs to stop at a little island, right. have a nice holiday <laughs> for a few years, and then go on the big holiday right. and all out for uh, three or four years somewhere else. Right. Um, moving on from Cody, Va- Cody Gakpo and this World Cup, uh, in the 2010 World Cup, Ryan, you were a squad member, but similar to Madison, Connor Cody, um, you didn't play any minutes. But Madison just said the other day that this experience is still one of the best experiences he's ever had as a footballer. Mm. Was it the same for you? Because I feel like when I'm listening to these comments, I'm like, I don't know if that's true. Because as a footballer, you want to play every single minute or you yeah. want to play some minutes. And he he won't play a minute now in yeah. the World Cup. Well, yeah, no, it's two things. I mean, yes, it was a great experience. Yes, I'm I'm fortunate and I'm I'm grateful to be uh, to wear part of, of 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 the 2010 squad. But at the same time, as a footballer, especially if you're ambitious, uh, yes, you want to play. And uh, I didn't feel like I was part of the team. You know, uh, I didn't feel the recognition or I didn't feel valued. Um, you know, it was very difficult to 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 celebrate uh, with with the team in the dressing room after every win, because I felt like I had no part part in 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 the win. You know, um, was that I was um, was that just a on yeah, field thing, or was it because of sort of how you were integrated into the squad off the field as well? Because sort of when I would look at the England squad, it, it seems like now that the new generation has this nice harmony and, and understanding and they're all quite good friends off the pitch as well. And maybe that's why they're enjoying the experience, even if they're not playing as many minutes. I'm just wondering if it was an off-field thing yeah. as well. Yeah, of course. I mean, 
and there was also a certain age gap at that time of course a little bit um you know the the players at that time were not necessarily let's say my generation of players that i've you know grew up with so um yeah i didn't necessarily had many friends friends in the team as in um you know i would not hang out on their rooms you know or or whatever and um yeah in today's you know squads you a lot of these guys they have something in common and they hang out and they support each other so probably it's a different experience um but yeah you know as a football player in general if you're ambitious you you always want to try and play and make minutes and have an impact and and, and um i unfortunately didn't have that in 2010. um ryan i would like to ask uh, they keep saying connor cody is like there for the vibes almost like he knew he wasn't going to play any minutes before even going and being selected right he kind of knows his role in the dressing room um was there did you have that character in the dutch dressing room as well was there someone who was there who's so integral to the changing room that it didn't really matter whether you played or not or is that a bit of a myth do you think and it's just something they've kind of made up yeah or maybe it's a newer thing it really intrigues me like going all the way to Qatar and just being there for vibes. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like it's a weird, um, title because, um, again, I believe if you are an ambitious football player, you're not happy with that role. Right. So, Mm. um, and, um, yeah, no, I, I, I stick by that, you know, um, regardless if that's your role, um, it should make you angry. It should make you, it should fire up something in you to try and prove them wrong. So, um, I mean, I don't know players who would be, you know, really, really satisfied with that, you know? Mm. Yeah. I feel like it's, um, it's a tricky one because Connor Cody or any player, who's sort of like the 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th pick, they probably know they won't play many minutes. Mm. So then they kind of must ask themselves the question like, do I not go to the World Cup or do I go to the World Cup almost like as a fan yeah. and just get to spend time with these players? Yeah. Um, but man, like if you were, like, if I was a player and, yeah. I, and I got off, I mean, I'm saying this because I wasn't a professional footballer, <laughs> yeah. but if I got off the injury, chance to go injury. to a World Cup, yeah, yeah. the knee, the knee injury. <laughs> um, well, look, when I when I when I got selected for the 2010 World Cup, I mean, I knew before that I was not going to be a starter. I knew that. However, I also knew that I had certain abilities that most of my other uh, players who play on my position didn't have, and I knew that the coach most likely selected me for those abilities. So. You still have the hope that, you know, at one point your abilities are needed to change the game, you know, um, and, and, and I think that is sort of, if you know, you are the, you know, the, the 17th or 18th man, um, that you are still being selected because your abilities will be needed at one point, you know, um, mm-hmm. That's that's how I feel about it. You know, of course, you know, as as players, you know, 
you can see around you, you can feel the squad, you already have the, the run towards the World Cup, you have already seen, hey, where what the direction of the coach will be, he's giving other players more of a chance because most likely he trusts them more, whatever. Um, so you you already know before the World Cup where, what your chances chances are more or less. But yeah, you still have the hope of, hey, hopefully your abilities is needed because if you had no abilities, then really the coach would really not pick you, you know? Can I, can I ask about uh, the Dan Juma exclusion from yes. from a Dutch media standpoint? Because yeah. I really like him and having watched the Netherlands so far, I feel like yeah, he's definitely was, good enough to be. That was a weird either. one for, for a lot of fans, uh, Dutch fans. Because the, the, the games that he has played beforehand for the national team has been uh, really good. Um, obviously, he had a good run uh, last year also, uh, you know, in Champions League. League yeah. Real, and, yeah, he made a good impression. And yeah, when he was excluded, I actually thought and expected him to be there over a player, for example, like Noah Lang. Um, mm-hmm. Even though Noah Long is, you know, scre- uh, ex- extremely talented, but I think he was actually now struggling a little bit with minutes, and you know, he he's, he was benched or he is benched uh, currently in, uh, you know, where he's playing in, in Belgium. Um, so you know, a lot of people were like, "Oh, that's that that was a weird one." But then you read an article, and again, whether it's true or not, um, apparently. Uh, uh, based on that article the reason why he was not selected was um he was not actually putting himself in the mix with the players so he would always after training be on his room by himself and not okay be at the table with the guys with cards or being not like social and, and, and whatever you know and apparently they were looking for a group as in Everyone need to bond. Again, I mean, interesting. I don't know whether that is true, and uh, he he has also responded to that article, um, at least uh, what I've read in the media. And you know, he 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 think that was nonsense, and he think um, that was also ridiculous. So, again, we would not know why he was not been picked. But um, yeah, I I believe. Uh, he could have been of value for for the for the national team. I must also say the one of the reasons, actually, now that I think about it, why he was not picked is the way of style of playing because they play five three two. Mm. So a lot of these guys who actually are wingers are probably going to fall short in that playing style because we they they play without mm. wingers, you know. Yeah. Um, so that could be a reason that Van Gaal. Uh, specifically selected the team based on, hey, I, I bring players that can play either as strikers or as the number 10, you know? And that has, yeah. you know, Gakpo is able to play that, Memphis is able to play that, Bergwijn is able to play that, and maybe um, Danjuma not. So that could be a reason. Thank you very much for listening to part one of the chat with Ryan Babble. This is all to do with the World Cup. It's a bit of a teaser for you. There's an hour-long chat coming very soon. That'll be part two. Stay tuned for that. Drop a like, follow the pod, and everything else that you always do. Thank you very much.